Welcome to the Moms on Maternity YouTube show and podcast. I am the founder of Moms on Maternity, Amy Cruz, and today we have Lexis Chardet on. Lexis is a comedian, also um, a life coach, and uh, has her own podcast and YouTube show. So welcome to the show, Lexis. Hey, Amy. Thanks for having me. So how? when did you know you were a comedian? I've been doing comedy for like about 10 years and it wasn't until like maybe three years ago where I like accepted the fact that I was a comedian <laughs> and you're well I mean you're a mom that's first and foremost right yes yes how old are your kids my daughter turns 11 next month wow so I started comedy when well technically if you really look at my journey I started I started being an entertainer before she was born, but it was when she was a year old that I actually did my first stand-up routine. Wow. You remember it really well? Yeah. I have it on you, video actually. You remember all of your routines or does that one stand out more? Um, I mean, I remember just about every single show, but definitely that one stood out. Um, it is, I hold that near and dear to my heart. <laughs> Why do you think it stood out? Uh, well, for one, uh, one, my friend that came to support me passed away and um, he was always a really big support system for me. And he introduced me some, to some really cool people that gave me some great wow, advice. I'm really sorry. So, That's tough. Yeah, it was, it was tough. I didn't find out that he passed away until like years after the fact, because I moved from, L I started comedy in LA and I moved to Arizona in 2015. And it was a couple of years ago that I found out that he passed away shortly after I left. And so that was, it was wow. tough, but um, amazing. He's an angel to me. So that's why yeah. that, one, you know, plus it's my first time. So, so uh, you started in LA. Yes. And where are you now? I'm in Phoenix, Arizona now. Nice. So, um, what I read on your website, 99.9% .9 of comedians are depressed. Is that a joke or real? It is. I don't know if it is a fact per se, but in my perception, it is a fact. <laughs> why, why do you say that? Um, comedians, we, our humor comes based off of our pain. Um, it was one of the things that I love about comedy is our, a lot of our comedy comes from our own struggles. Um, I mean, there's, there are comedians that just want to be funny and they have kind of like hack material, but like real comedians that have that natural gift of being funny are people that are able to laugh at their own pain. And um, we're, we're all fucked up. <laughs> I'm sorry, am I allowed to say that? On no, here? of course. I mean, that's. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, they always say, you know, the person that smiles the biggest is hurting the most. Or the person yeah. So can, like, give me an example. Like what is some of your pain that you translate into comedy? Well, when I first started doing comedy, I was, you know, a brand new mom. And um, when I lived in LA, I really wanted to make it as an entertainer. And I was exploring all these different things. And I, you know, I wound up pregnant after like being in LA for like six months. I literally just got back on my feet because I moved to LA with like $500 in my pocket with like my best friend. And I was like, all right, we're going to make this work. 
And just when, you know, I started getting things like lined up for myself, I got pregnant and I got pregnant by someone that, you know, didn't want to be responsible as a father. And so like my whole first set was all about me as a single mom struggling, trying to make it. Cause I was a dancer. I was an exotic dancer for five years. So I had this whole set about like what stripping was really like behind the fantasy. And like, I don't tell those jokes anymore because they're not factual to my life my comedy changes based off what's going on in my life but it was funny at the time because it was it was genuine and I think that's what makes a really good comedian is you talking about those vulnerable parts in your life those uncomfortable moments and you know people are thinking about it but they're not necessarily talking about it you know wow one thing yeah that you struck me with interesting is you're um you call yourself an independent mother mom not a single mom yes what a I love that. I mean, um, independent mom versus single mom. Take me through it. What's the difference? Yeah. So I decided at the beginning of the year, this year, 2021, that I was like, you know, I'm not going to call myself a single mom anymore. I'm going to call myself an independent mother because there's so many negative connotations that come along with the word single mom. It's almost like we have this scarlet letter and I, always knew it, but I didn't realize how big of a deal it was until this relationship I had last year with a single father. And him and I started kind of explaining our different experiences because he raised his daughter from the jump all on his own. And I raised my daughter from the jump all on my own. And, you know, his experience was so much different than mine. Um, People tend to have more pity over a single father than a single mother. And, you know, he had a lot of help and people always wanting to help him where for me, it was a completely different situation. And um, I had to put it all on my own shoulders and just make it work. You know, I didn't even necessarily have my own family offer help at any time. Like there wasn't like there was anyone in my family that was checking up on me to see if my cupboard was filled with groceries. Like I had to make that happen for myself, you know? So um, I decided that I just wasn't going to call myself that anymore because I just feel like that has a whole vibe and energy with it. And that's not who I am. I love that. I mean, I, um, I'm newly-ish divorced and yeah, that totally resonates with me. Do you do life coaching or what is that? I do. So um, when I first moved to Arizona, I, when I kind of stepped away from comedy, I was, I was leaving the life of an exotic dancer and recreating myself. And all my life, I've been that friend that people come to for advice um, I'm a Taurus. I'm not sure if you're in a zodiac sign. Oh yeah, but... my ex-husband's a Taurus. Oh, okay. What sign are you? Cancer. Okay, I love cancers. Cancers are awesome. I always make that joke. Oh, you you're a disease girl. <laughs> yes, there's a disease. Joke. You gotta you're yeah, well, you're it's a bully. <laughs> I know, totally. And I talk a lot of bullshit too. Uh, <laughs> but um yeah, what where was I going with that? I totally lost my train of thought. So this idea of a life coach, I mean, yeah, just come. Oh yeah. You know, honestly, let me just interject this idea of being an exotic dancer. That is, I mean, there's so much. Oh, yeah. Around that alone, right? That was a therapist in itself. And so, yeah, growing up, I was always that friend that people would come to and ask for advice. And it was just a natural thing. And I was good at giving advice. And then I got into personal training and that was like, Oh my goodness. When I, when I became a personal trainer, that was when I figured out that I was actually an empath. And my whole life, I've always kind of felt out of place or felt like I observed things different. Like I never really got into drama. I thought it was really stupid. I didn't understand it. I 
couldn't understand why people were getting so like loose with their emotions and stuff. Um, but yeah, so after doing the personal training, I was like, you know, maybe I'll get into life coaching. And then I didn't actually really get into it until I started doing my podcast, life coaching comedians. And that was just kind of like more of a joke. I've done therapy myself through, you know, being depressed. Like I had to do like a, um, like I had to do the alcohol substance therapy because I had gotten a DUI like a while back and um, dealt with all these different therapists. So I kind of took all those personalities and made a persona for myself. And then I had comedians come over and I would like life coach them through stuff. And it was fun because like I told everyone, you know, it's improv. So like you could be a character, whatever, I'm gonna be in character. And even though I'm in character, these comedians are like telling me about their like real life shit. <laughs> No, that's amazing. That sounds really healing. Um, I mean, I've always thought like the highest form of intelligence is like a musician, but maybe it's a comedian because like to be able to understand human psychology in that way. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm like all about self-help. I love self-help books. So like, even though it's like humorous, like I do actually try to give like ed advice in um, and even if they're not really looking for advice and it's just kind of like for the show, like I'm trying to put good things out there in a humorous way that people will want to consider, or at least have maybe heard from someone that is a legit, you know, motivational speaker or whatever. So you mostly work with comedians. Then? Yeah. On, on my podcast, life coaching comedians, it's all comedians. And then, um, my other podcasts, uh, that I was telling you about fart talk, that's more like, we do have comedians that come on, but then we have different, just different people that are open-minded to talk about flodulence. We have them come on. <laughs> and there's that much to talk about there, huh? There is, you'd be surprised. And it, you know, <laughs> it goes off onto like other set, like other topics and things like that, but it always comes back to farts. I How tell you everything with your daughter. Well, so, um, I, I don't know, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. I have made it work. I've made it work over the years, but, um, I finally got into position and thank God for COVID who would have thought I would ever say that. Right. But, it seems like a lot of people are finding a silver lining. Yeah. Like COVID really, cause I always wanted to work remotely and like work for myself and COVID really helped me to do that. So I got a, um, you know, awesome position working from home, which, leaves me a lot of extra time to create and be able to pick up my daughter from school and take her to school every day. So I'm like, I'm in a really good place right now where I just have like balance and things are starting to align more. And honestly, I have COVID to thank for that. That's awesome. So what, back to this idea of being an independent mother, what's your advice for other independent mothers? Is there a certain type of self-help there? Yeah, I mean, I think just like, and what I wish I would have learned earlier is like deciding to adopt new beliefs. Mm -hmm. Like people think, you know, people have these beliefs that are beliefs that are like not serving you. And it's, and it's usually from other people. And so when I started doing like hypnotherapy and I started doing like, um, you know, listening to like, mantra meditations at night and things like that I started to realize like oh, okay like I actually can like change what I believe 
Yeah. And if I keep saying this to myself, even though I don't believe it yet, or I start feeling like this, then I can attract it into my life. And that was mm-hmm. the real game changer for me. And even though I know that now, like there are still times where like a couple weeks ago, I was feeling like a flat, like a fat slob. I was feeling like super lazy, just not feeling like my normal, like boss bitch self, you know, and, and you go through that slump and then you're finally like, all right, okay, I'm done self-pitying myself. And then you get back on the wagon. And then when you in that vibe of like, yes, I'm a boss ass bitch. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get that done. Then, then you start like attracting more of that into your life. And for a while I had gotten away from, um, journaling. I do a lot of gratitude journaling. And when I started doing that, that was like when the floodgates started to open. Wow. Honestly, that is such a powerful tip. It's the one thing that I know if I started doing it make a huge difference. Do you think it's possible to uh, go through life without feeling depressed? No, I don't think, I don't think that's possible because, um, you know, it's Buddhist teaching that when you're depressed, it's because you're focusing on the past and when you're anxious, it's because you're anticipating the future. And so I don't think it's impossible. Um, it's you're always, I don't think we'll ever fully harness how our brain works until our passing day, to be honest. There's going to be times where you're thinking about the past or you're reflecting on the past and you get sad about it or you get nostalgic about it. I think that's just natural. But I think being aware of when it's happening is what keeps you from being depressed. Like you can look back at the past and appreciate it and express gratitude and let it go. But it's when we hang on to it, that's when we start to get depressed because our brain doesn't know the difference between reality, past and future. Whatever we're thinking, our brain thinks is real. Yeah. Okay. So do you date? Are you dating? (laughs) Funny you should ask, Amy. All right. So I haven't dated since October of last year. Um, I've been on and off dating. Uh, 2019, I didn't date at all. 2020, I dated a little bit. And then after this one guy, I was like, all right, I'm just going to focus on myself. So one of my best friends uh, is getting married and, and we had a bachelorette party on Saturday and we went out and I'm like thinking to myself, like, this is when I started like feeling good. You know, I was like, all right, I'm going to like just hot. We're going out to Scottsdale. We're going to this like fancy place. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm going to be flirty. Cause I'm the only single girl in the okay. group. Yeah. It's time. Right. So we go to the restaurant and right off top, me and the waiter started having this thing going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the night, and it was funny because everyone was like, what's going on with you and the waiter? I was like, I don't, I don't know, but I like it. It's happening, you know, and it's like a really fancy restaurant. That's fun. Yeah. And so he asked me for my number. So would this be a long distance ship? No, no, we're in the same. We're You're in, the, in Scottsdale. Okay. Well, I'm not far from Scottsdale's not that far. It's like 35, 40 minutes. Oh, that's cool. So. Yeah. yeah. He asked me out on a date, like literally right before I like logged in to this zoom call. And it was so funny because like you I, just got a message from him. Yeah. Like maybe like an hour before. And he was just like, like how are you in such a good mood? <laughs> I was already in a good mood, but this was like icing on the top, That's but, it, awesome. but what happened was so like, he's like, all right. So he pretty much said, can you clear your schedule for tomorrow? And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right. And he's like, meet me here, blah, 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 blah. And it's like this really nice restaurant. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm not used to a guy being like, 
this is where we're going, be ready, like wear this kind of a thing. And so I'm sharing it with my girlfriends and then my girlfriends are like, well, what's his Instagram or his social media? Like we want to stalk him and check it out. I'm like, I don't, I, I was like, I like the mystery. And then I texted them, but I accidentally texted him and I was like, well, it's a New Mexico area code. So hopefully he's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> New Mexico people. I, yeah, I'm sure they're just fine. <laughs> I accidentally sent that to him. You uh, sent that to him? Yeah. What, what did he write back? I explained it to him. He was like, you're adorable. I'm like, okay, so we still have a date tomorrow? You're going out with him tomorrow? Yeah, he doesn't know him. I don't think he knows anything about me. Like, he doesn't know I'm a comedian or anything. Um. So what's, do you want to get married one day? Or what do you, what's your thoughts on it all? Um, my thoughts on marriage are, are a little like mixed up because, um, I'm a very like open person when it comes to like spirituality and sexuality. And like, I definitely like want like my person, but at the same time, like, I think it's like the whole concept of marriage is like kind of weird. So yeah. like I fight with that in my, in my brain a lot. And I think I'll continue to fight with that until I meet someone that's like me. So, yeah, I think, I think we, a lot of us have those same thoughts, you know? Yeah. So where do you do your shows? So I have, um, I have a show later this week for, there's this company I started, um, working with, they do events, like a lot of corporate events and stuff. And they actually brought me on last year, right before COVID and have booked me for all these gigs, but they all got canceled. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been working with them. I have like a corporate gig with them this week. And then I, um, I'm performing at stir crazy at the end of the month for this festival called the, um, the cactus classic. And, um, it's being brought on by this company out here called broken drift productions, which is like a local Phoenix. They do like sketches and festivals and stuff like that. That's cool. Um, how, long are your how long are your bets? Um, usually it depends on the performance, but usually like if you're doing like a guest spot or something like that, it's like seven minutes. If you're doing a feature, it could be anywhere from 10 to 20. Um, so this, the, how festivals work is you're usually doing five to seven minutes and there's multiple rounds and it's like audience voted or judge voted. Amazing. I, I mean, that's awesome. Do you, can you share any of your material? Um, you don't have to. <laughs> Well, I was actually working on this bit today about, um, cause I'm a, I'm five, nine, I'm a taller woman and, um, I'm working on this act out for, you know, I prefer taller men, but like, you know, when shorter men have like really good energy, like, or I'm really into them, like they're going to get it. And it's just like, has, you know, has a tall woman ever, like, have you ever like been with a dude that's smaller and it's hard when you really like it doggy style because it's like, I don't know if I could do it on the camera because <laughs> you're like, all right. So, you know, you're like this, you're ready to do it. And then you realize that they're not tall enough. So you have to like get down like this. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm, I'm like super short. I'm like five, one and a half. Oh, are you? Yeah. So you get tossed around like a, like a cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, <laughs> Awesome. Um, She's like, no comment on that. 
Well, I'm definitely going to follow you. I would love to see you. Uh, if you have um, a link we could share to like some a YouTube of you doing your comedy, I can tell you're probably incredible on stage. Yeah, definitely. I can share that with you guys. Yeah. And then any final, um, I mean, it seems like you've gone through a lot of work. So what um, is some other just really, regardless of if you're an independent mother, or just really anyone listening to this, like what's the best piece of self-help advice you've ever gotten? Um, I mean, as far as like for other mothers and parents out there, um, I would just say like really, really use the golden rule. I know the golden rule is so cliche, but it's called golden for a reason, like treat others as you would want to be treated. So put yourself in your shoe, put yourself back in like your inner child back in those shoes when you're a child. Cause you know, our parents did the best with what they could do. And we're doing the best with what we can do too. There's nothing that we can do to prevent childhood trauma. It's part of the human experience. So, you know, you can't beat up yourself when you have those moments where you weren't able to control your emotions and you yelled or you snapped at your child. But what you can do is you can take a step back and say, okay, let me put myself in my shoes from when that happened with me and my parents and let me apologize for it. And let me try a different approach. You know, like my, I got my ass fucking whooped when I was a kid. Over the weekend, I had like apologies. I'm like, I'm sorry. I yelled at you. Yeah. It's not an excuse. I'm going to work on it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah because your kids see that they see that you're aware and then it makes them aware too and that's what that's what being a human is all about is learning how to be aware and you know trying to make it right from there and be a better person each day well I wish we lived closer you seem like a fun person to hang out with so I know well we could always zoom have a cocktail hour or something yeah (laughs) well thank you so much um I definitely want to get um a link of some of your work maybe we can even edit into this episode yeah Yeah, absolutely I'll send you a few links okay cool thank you thank you for more please visit www.mamthematernity.com